Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa ala rasulillah. So today, inshallah ta'ala, we're covering the name of Allah, Al-Fatir, or you could also say, Fatir al-Samawati wal-Ard. That's the way it appears in the Qur'an. So the question is, what does this mean? Al-Fatir is typically translated as the originator, and Fatir al-Samawati wal-Ard would be translated as the originator of the heavens and the earth. So what is the difference here between a creator, Al-Khaliq, right, one of the names of Allah, and Al-Fatir? Well, a creator may make something based on somebody's um, previous design, somebody else's design. Uh, or based on somebody else's power or using somebody else's knowledge. However, uh, Al-Fatir implies that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created without a prior blueprint uh, through his own power, through his own knowledge, and through his own wisdom. So that is the, uh, th that's why it seems fitting to use the term the originator. Um, Al-Fatir can also be understood and, and under, uh, could be interpreted as the one who gives a thing its nature. The one who gives a thing its nature. What does that mean? Because how do, we, how do we describe the nature of a thing? It's fitrah, right? The fitrah of a thing, that's its nature. And so al-fatir is the one that gives everybody its uh, fitrah. Give, it gives everything its nature. It's coming from the root verb fatara yafturu fatran, which means to split or to cleave or to break something apart. Uh, right? The idea of like something new coming. So something breaks and like you can imagine uh, whether it be the seed that... Uh, uh, you know, pierces through the ground, whether it's the chick that's breaking through the egg, whatever term you want to come up with, is that, this idea of something breaking out and coming out new. Fatur uh, means bre breakfast, you know, when you break your fast, fatur uh, is your breakfast, so you, you see the concept of breaking. Futur, uh, that's fatur. That's and as for futur, that means cracks. As for iftar, again, breaking one's fast, hence the term Eid al-Fitr is the celebration of breaking of the fast, as I'm sure many of you, or all of you, inshallah, are aware. The other meaning of fatara is uh, to create, to bring forth, or to invent something. Uh, yes, and so uh, the passive futira means that this person has a natural disposition. This person has his fitra. This is what futira. He was he was given the fitra of such and such. Uh, his in, his predisposition, his innate character, or his instincts. That's all being described in the fitra. Allah Taala describes uh, uh, how he originated this universe when Allah says. Have those who disbelieve not considered that the heavens and the earth were once all joined together entirely and then we separated them or we cleft them asunder and we made from water every living thing, will they not then believe? So this is a you know, often quoted ayah to demonstrate that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is describing essentially what uh, you know, scientists nowadays would, would refer to as the Big Bang, the idea that uh, there was a singularity, everything was, uh, you know, the singularities, uh, what, as I remember, described as infinitely small, infinitely hot, and infinitely dense, this point uh, that uh, scientists can't really explain well, how did it get there, and who's fueling this thing, and why, why is it there, and we don't really, we, you know, this, I, I believe science goes back to a certain point and then just simply leaves their, you know, puts their hands up and says, we can't go beyond that, but the point is that then there was this moment where this, this singularity exploded into the Big Bang and was split, which implies that all of the matter, everything, was all joined together. So whether it be this table, whether it be my body, whether it be the sun above us, whether it be the stars over there, everything was joined together. Now, the fact that Allah subhanahu wa is describing that in the Qur'an and saying, don't these disbelievers, those who are rejecting this Qur'an and rejecting this Islam, don't they consider that everything in the heavens and the earth was all once joined together, and then we separated them? SubhanAllah, that's a pretty... It's, I, I like to say it this way. Um, if you were, let's say theoretically, claiming to be a prophet and you were faking it, right? And you thought to yourself, especially if you lived, you know, 1400 years ago, you're living in the Arabian desert and you're thinking to yourself, I have to create an origin story. Hmm, what can I come up with? 
and then you say to yourself, you know what, I'm going to make a hypothesis that says everything, this, you know, these rocks over here and those trees over there, everything, even in the skies above, that the sun and the moon and the stars, all that were joined together and then they were ripped apart. That's how things began. Just imagine, you know, making that sort of wild guess and nailing it. <laughs> uh, you know, it, 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 to, to me, it's, it's, it's kind of laughable. Uh, it, it would be, it, it's more, it would be more miraculous to make that, I don't want to say ridiculous, but let's say that um, hard to believe guess and, and actually turning, it turning out to be right all these years later, uh, that's more miraculous than the idea that he was actually a prophet of God receiving uh, uh, revelation. Uh, I find that that's the, that's the harder thing to believe, that he just kind of guessed that and came up with it. And, uh, and so uh, I believe this is good evidence to believe that the Qur'an is indeed from Allah Ta'ala. And the fact that Allah begins the ayah by saying, don't these disbelievers see? I mean, subhanAllah, it's pretty heavy wording. As for the term uh, Fatara itself, uh, Ibn Abbas, he says, Kuntu la adri ma I used to not know how to really translate or understand this, this, this statement of uh, originator of the heavens and the earth. Like, what does this word Fatara mean exactly? Hatta atani a'arabiyan. Until these two Bedouins came to me and they were arguing, they were arguing about a uh, well. So one of them said to the other, uh, I'm the one that uh, originated it. I'm the one that originated this well. So I guess they had some sort of dispute about who gets to take the, the water from it, etc. And he says, well, I'm the one who originally dug it, right? I'm the, I'm the one who originated this well, so I have a right to it. So he's like, okay, now I understand, based on the you know, pure Arabic language. Uh, this name of Allah, Al-Fatir, actually occurs six times in the Qur'an, which is really interesting because when we think about Allah Ta'ala being the originator and creator uh, uh, of the heavens and the earth, we know that Allah Ta'ala says what? That he did so in six days. So the fact that the name of Allah, Al-Fatir, shows up six times in the Qur'an seems um, perfectly balanced and seems, um, again, not like a coincidence or arbitrary. And Allah knows best. Um, the, first, uh, the first one that I'd like to take a look at is Allah says, قُلْ أَغَيْرَ اللَّهِ Say, make this statement, O Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi to these disbelievers, and by extension, all of us, we should argue this way. Is it other than Allah I should take as my protector, as a wali, while Allah Ta'ala is the originator of the heavens and the earth? So this is the first time, but there's another time as well, where this idea of Allah Ta'ala being al-Fatir, the originator, is connected to him also being our wali, him being our uh, protector, uh, the one that we trust on. Or, or the one that we depend upon. And this is really fascinating because, you know, there is, uh, what, I, what I would say is this, this, this duality of um, what, you, what you know uh, um, hypothetically or what you know like intellectually and then the emotional aspect. So when it comes to the um, idea, intellectually speaking, that there must have been, you know, as they say, uh, the first cause, uh, an uncaused cause, an uncreated creator, etc., whatever terms you want to use, right? The, the, the unmoved mover, as philosophers may say. Whatever the case is, you may, you know, philosophize about these things and intellectually come to the conclusion that, yes, there must have been something that started all of this. But then the question is, does that have any ramifications in your life? You see, it's sort of a detached intellectual exercise. Like, okay, as an academic, I come to this conclusion that there must be some sort of ultimate creator, but that has no bearing on my life. And so this ayah, very beautifully, is saying, should you take anybody other than the creator and the originator of the heavens and the earth as your protecting friend? In other words, everything else can fail. Everything else can come and go. Everything else can either uh, satisfy you or disappoint you. But only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is 
the one that will, you know, is, is you could say the wajib uh, al-wujud, the necessary existence, the uh, ultimate existence that is, 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 is the creator and sustainer of everything. And so from that perspective, you should have not just this intellectual knowledge of Allah Ta'ala, but in addition to that, you want to have this emotional connection and this dependence upon Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala, because ultimately that's the only one you can depend upon. So I find that this line of uh, reasoning and logic is very beautiful, and it's telling the person, don't just analyze this from an intellectual perspective. You are a human being, you have a head and a heart. So make sure that you understand Allah Ta'ala with your mind, with your head, but at the same time, with your heart, you want to be attached, calling upon, depending upon, etc. The next verse is uh, at the end of Surah Yusuf where uh, he makes the dua. رَبِّ قَدْ آتَيْتَنِي مِنَ الْمُلْكِ وَعَلَّمْتَنِي مِنْ تَأْوِيلِ الْأَحَدِيثِ فَاطِرَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ أَنْتَ وَلِيِّ that my Lord, you have given me some of this sovereignty, this, this the mulk, this, this dominion on earth, right? Because he, he, he achieves, achieves a high status in, in Egypt. And you taught me of the interpretation of dreams. He was given this knowledge that basically got him his position, subhanAllah. So he's recognizing the gifts of Allah Ta'ala. So he says, what? Originator of the heavens and the earth. He's recognizing that Allah Ta'ala, he's the one who decided to create all of this. Uh, what do they say? I believe ab initio, as they say, uh, or from, from scratch. You know, Allah Ta'ala created everything from nothing. And yet, you were part of that plan. Isn't that amazing? That, subhanAllah, Allah Ta'ala could have created anything. Allah Ta'ala could have created nothing. Allah Ta'ala created this heavens and the earth, and He originated everything, and you're part of that. that. This is so something to really appreciate, that you didn't have to be part of this show. You didn't have to be part of anything. And yet, Allah Ta'ala put you here. So, subhanAllah, He's recognizing this and saying, Originator of the heavens and the earth, you are my protector. Again, you have this idea of wali coming in. Anta wali. You are the falter and you are my wali. So, this, again, this, this, these two coming together. Fiddunya wal akhirah. In this life and in the afterlife. Uh, so, um, cause me to die a Muslim and join me with the righteous. SubhanAllah. Very beautiful wording. Then you have the next ayah in which uh, Allah Ta'ala mentions in Surah uh, Ibrahim, ayah number 10. Qalat rusuluhum. Their messengers said, Can there be any doubt about Allah, the, the originator of the heavens and the earth? How can you possibly doubt that there must have been something that started all of this? And then, now that you have intellectually come to this conclusion that there's no, really, there's no real way around this, you know, some would refer to this as the, cosmo, uh, the Kalam cosmological argument. There's different ways of talking about this, but ultimately, there must be something behind all of this. Now that you've intellectually come to this conclusion, يَدْعُوكُمْ لِيَغْفِرَ لَكُمْ He invites you that, you, uh, that he may forgive you of your sins and he delays for you death for a specified term. In other words, now that you understand there's a creator to all this, understand that there's a purpose. The purpose is to be a righteous person, to get to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Right? This is the purpose behind all of this. Um, and then it's like, you know that you're failing at this. You know, um, not, maybe not entirely, but every human being, we're sinful. We make mistakes. So this creator, now that you've come to the conclusion intellectually, emotionally, you need to also attach yourself and recognize that, look, I have a lot to repent for. So he's inviting you to this. He's inviting you to turn back to him, to ask for forgiveness of your sins. And then the, the final reminder, the final statement, or the, the next statement here is what? That he delays your death for a specified term. In other words, you don't have forever to get your act in order. So turn back to your Lord. How can you possibly doubt this originator? And then furthermore, Allah Ta'ala says, what? Alhamdulillahi fatir as-samawati wal-ard. This is in the first ayah of Surah Al-Fatir, Surah 35, 
where Allah Ta'ala says, all praise is due to Allah, the creator of the heavens and the earth. So subhanAllah, he created everything and therefore he deserves credit for everything. Alhamdulillah, all praise is due to him. He deserves all the credit because he is Fatir al-Samawati wal He is the originator of the heavens and the earth. The next ayah is Allah Ta'ala saying what? Qulillahumma Fatir al-Samawati wal-Ardi Alim al-Ghaybi wal-Shahadati Anta tahkumu bayna ibadika Fima kanu fihi yakhtalifun Say that, O oh Allah, creator of the heavens and the earth, or originator of the heavens and the earth, knower of the unseen and, and the witnessed, uh, you will judge between your servants concerning that over which they used to differ. differ. So subhanAllah, in this beautiful ayah, you're, you're seeing what? That this name of Allah, that he is the creator, but you're making dua with this name. And you're recognizing that Allah Ta'ala knows everything. If he created all of it, then he understands, knows it, and is aware of everything that is happening. And ultimately, this dua is so powerful because it's recognizing that he is the one that started everything, and so ultimately everything will return to him. That everything you guys differ about, all the differences of opinion, all the different questions that may still be remaining unanswered to you, subhanAllah, Allah is saying, all this is going to come back to me, and you're, everything's going to be clarified in the end. And the final ayah that I want to mention in terms of these uh, ayat, uh, uh, which mentioned Fatir, is, Fatir al-Samawati wal-Ardi ja'ala lakum min anfusikum azwajan wa min al-an'ami azwajan yadra'ukum fih laysa kemithlihi shay'un wa huwa sami'u al-basir. Allah Ta'ala says that he is the originator of the heavens and the earth. He has made for you uh, from yourselves mates and among the cattle mates. He multiplies you thereby. There is nothing like unto him. There's nothing like him at all, and he is the all-hearing and the all-seeing. So this is a very, very, very quoted ayah because of specifically, there's absolutely nothing like Allah Ta'ala. And you can see that the ayah begins by talking about, look, you human beings have pairs and mates, and therefore you multiply, right? You, even your animals and cattle, what? They have a male and a female which need each other, that depend upon one another, that come together and produce offspring. Well, guess what? Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala is saying, there's no shirk, there is no partners for me. Why? Because I am one, I am unique, I created all this, and therefore there is no, there is no deity after me, or there is no mating with, between multiple deities. This idea of pairing or children or whatever the case is, none of this applies to Allah Ta'ala. He is the originator of all of this, and he is unique in that sense. So subhanAllah, beautiful ayat of this Qur'an describing who Allah Ta'ala is as Al-Fatir. Then, we should also recognize that, again, this shouldn't be an idea that is impersonal. This should be something that is very personal because we see the way the Prophet made dua with this name, uh, uh, that he would make dua using this name of Allah Ta'ala at night in a very intimate setting. We know that Aisha Radha she reports, uh, that when the Prophet would get up in the night to begin his prayers, Imagine, he's alone, he's at night, he just wants to be intimate and close with his Lord. What does he begin with? He begins even before, you know, uh, Fatiha, you begin the takbir, and then you open with what? Uh, Allahumma, uh, Rabbi Jibreel, wa Mikail, wa Israfil, Fatir al-Samawati wal-Ard, Alim al-Ghaybi wa-Shahada, anta tahkum bayna ibadika, fima kanu fihi yakhtalifun, ihdini lima ukhtulifa fihi, min al-haqi bi-idhnik, innaka tahdi man tasha ila surat al-Mustaqim. That... You may, this dua is what? Oh Allah, Lord of Jibrail, Mikael, and Israfil. So mentioning these great angels, this great creation of Allah. The creator of the heavens and the earth, who knows the unseen and the seen. You decide among your servants concerning their differences. Guide me by your permission concerning what's, what's uh, different concerning the truth of uh, your, your, your truth. For it is you who guides whom you will to the straight path. So subhanAllah, very, very powerful and beautiful dua, beginning this dua, beginning saying what? You are the creator 
you brought all this about and you know the truth. Ultimately, all truth goes back to you. So, oh Allah, guide me to your truth. What a, what a beautiful way to begin your salah if you're going to make dua to Allah Ta'ala. Furthermore, you have Allah Ta'ala uh, describing uh, how he created with perfection. When we think about Allah Ta'ala being al-fatir, the originator, we should think about the fact that he did this with perfection when Allah Ta'ala says what? Sun'allahi alladhi atqana kulla shay'in innahu khabirun bima taf'alun. That Allah says that uh, it is the work of Allah, or you could say the design of Allah, or you could say the craft, craftsmanship, if you will. Whatever term, uh, sana'a, is a, is a term which shows uh, perfection and, and, and uh, you know, uh, detail. So it is the work of Allah who perfected all things. Atqana kulla shay'in. That he perfected all things. Indeed, he is acquainted with that which you do. SubhanAllah. Uh, these are the ideas that we want to come with when we think about the name of Allah, Al-Fatir. So what effect should it have on us personally? We should think, take your time with what you do. Don't rush. Make sure you do things with excellence. Why? Because obviously Allah Ta'ala could do everything in an instant, and yet He still created this universe in six days. As Allah says, uh, That it is He who created the heavens and the earth in six days. Furthermore, uh, uh, we want to contemplate. If this is the creation, who is the creator? If Allah Ta'ala created this, I don't know, this bird and created the, the, the mountains and Allah Ta'ala created the trees and created a, my, I don't know, digestive system and my eyes and my ability to breathe and lungs and so forth. When you look at the universe around you, when you see the clouds above, when you see the stars above, when you see this gigantic, uh, you know, uh, creation that we don't even fully understand, when you think about all this, think, if this is the creation, who is the creator? So we should think, Allah Ta'ala is Al-Fatir. He originated all this with no blueprints, with no, you know, uh, prior example to take from or to copy from or to improve upon. No, Allah Ta'ala uh, from scratch created this universe. We should make dua with this uh, name of Allah. As we find uh, as in these two ayat that we mentioned, one in Surah uh, Zumar, one in Surah uh, Yusuf, we find these different duas and also for the night prayer, there are multiple ones. There's another one where Ali ibn Talib, he reported that the Prophet Sallallahu he got up at night and said what? وَجَّهْتُ وَجْشِيَ لِلَّذِي فَطَرَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ حَنِيفًا I turn my face in complete devotion to the one who is the originator of the heavens and the earth, and I am not from amongst the polytheists. Indeed, my prayer, my sacrifice, my living, and my dying are for Allah, the Lord of the worlds. So again, this name of Allah is not something that should be impersonal. It seems that it should be personal, and you should think about it in a very uh, uh, touching and spiritual way, getting up at night, praying to Allah, recognizing that, look, you originated everything. There must be a purpose, and I'm part of this. So what is my purpose in this big, huge plan? SubhanAllah. Same thing with this dua every morning and every evening. Abu Bakr Siddiq, he asked the Prophet, Ya Rasulullah, murni bi kalimatin aquluhunna idha asbahtu wa idha amsaytu. He said, O Messenger of Allah, command me something that I can say during the morning and during the evening. And he said, okay, make this dua. Qul, Allahumma fatir as-samawati wal-ardi. Alim al-ghaybi wa-shahada. So, subhanAllah, again, these words. Oh Allah, create, uh, originator of the heavens and the earth. The one who knows the unseen and the seen. Lord of the, everything that is, uh, the Lord and the possessor of everything. I testify that there is no God but you. I take refuge in you from the evils of myself. From the evils. A'udhu bika min sharri nafsi. I take refuge in you from the evil of myself. Wa sharri ash-shaytani. And from the evil of shaytan. Wa shirkihi, and from his incitement towards polytheism. SubhanAllah. And Abu Bakr said, I used to do this every morning and every evening. Beautiful du'as. So, how can anybody worship anybody other than Allah after knowing this? After recognizing that Allah Ta'ala is indeed the only originator of the heavens and the earth? The fact of the matter is that we have instinctively this fitrah, intuitively, we know that Allah Ta'ala is the only creator of the heavens and the earth. And 
the only difficulty that we have is translating this knowledge of rububiyyah to uluhiyyah. What does that mean? So rububiyyah means the knowledge that Allah Ta'ala is the creator, and therefore uluhiyyah is the knowledge that he should be worshipped. Most people in, intuitive, I mean all people, everybody intuitively is born with this fitrah. We know that Allah Ta'ala is the creator of the heavens and the earth. But the question is, are we going to translate that uh, uh, to living as servants of Allah Ta'ala? Even Fatiha, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. You first recognize that all praise due to Allah, the Lord of the worlds, and then later on you say, okay, now that I know who my Lord is, and I know the f for a fact that Allah Ta'ala is our creator, now I'm actually going to submit to this and say that you indeed are our, and you alone are our, uh, is the one that we worship and that we ask for help. So we should always remember as well that what is the nature of a thing? If we're going to talk about this term fitrah, we should always remember that things have a nature. A spider... Uh, is supposed to spin a web. That's the nature of a spider. A bird is supposed to build a nest and find worms. That's its nature. And a tree is supposed to produce fruits. Now, if a tree produces no fruits, it has something wrong with it. So you check and see if maybe it's not getting enough water or sunlight or if it has bad soil or if there's some sort of fungus destroying the tree, whatever the case may be. And so this is the way we see the world. We understand that things have a certain nature. Whereas the atheist rejects the idea of a nature despite the obvious compatibility between the sexual organs, according to you know, many atheists, th there's no concept that a man is supposed to be with uh, a woman intimately. That would imply that homosexuality, let's say, is unnatural and therefore immoral. But no, no, there is no nature to these things. No matter how much you can see in the design that there is some sort of nature, you find that many people are denying it. And it's the same thing with, let's say, for example, the eye. If you don't believe in a creator, if you don't believe that there is a plan behind this, then you can't really say that the eye is designed to see. What you, you would say is that, well, the eye just sees. But is it designed to? Is it supposed to see? How difficult is it for you and me to pretend that we don't know that the eye was designed to see? SubhanAllah, we know that. We know that it was, there was intent in place. You can't just say, oh, it just so happens to see, uh, you know, as opposed to saying it's supposed to. And this is why Allah Ta'ala mentions that when Musa salam was confronting Fir'aun, Musa salam beautifully said what? قَالَ رَبُّنَا الَّذِي أَعْطَى كُلَّ شَيْءٍ خَلْقَهُ ثُمَّ هَدَى that Musa said, our Lord is he who gave each thing its form and then he guided it. So everything is given its form, but then as well it's given its nature, its instincts, um, and this is the creation of Allah. And every human being knows this because we have a fitrah. What is our fitrah? As Allah Ta'ala, when he, Allah, Allah created us in the alim al-arwah, when Allah Ta'ala created us you know, having souls before we were put into the wombs of our mothers and into our bodies, Allah Ta'ala asked, Alastu bi rabbikum, am I not your Lord? And we answered, Qalu bala. Yes, absolutely, of course, you are our Lord. And this event that took place, we don't remember it uh, in, our, in our memories, but it had an imprint on our nature. And our nature, therefore, recognizes that Allah Ta'ala is indeed our creator. We know that there is a Fatur al-Samawati wal-Ard, an originator of the heavens and the earth. So yes, we have a fitrah that teaches us what? Every child is born with a true, natural fitrah. Uh, that is rather their parents that convert them to either Judaism, Christianity, or Magianism. So in other words, through, um, you could say, uh, social engineering, people may deviate and change. But if you were to leave a child upon the fitrah, they recognize the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet, Prophet said what? Uh, that Allah says in a hadith Qudsi, وَإِنِّي خَلَقْتُ عِبَادِي حُنَفَاءَ كُلَّهُمْ I have created my servants upon the natural inclination, upon tawheed, all of them, to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all of them are made that way. وَإِنَّهُمْ أَتَتْهُمُ الشَّيَاطِينَ But then the shayateen, it is the devils the, who turn them away from the righteous, from the right religion, and he makes lawful 
what has been declared unlawful for them, and he commands them to ascribe partners to me, although he has no justification for that. So the final points that I want to mention is what? That there are some of difference of opinions as to what does fitrah actually mean. And some would say, like for example, Ibn Taymiyyah, he says what? That fitrah is to love justice and to be disgusted with injustice. To have a love of good qualities like generosity, kindness, love, and care, and to have hatred for evil qualities like jealousy, greed, stinginess, arrogance, and cowardice, and so forth. And another opinion is that um, uh, fitrah is, means what? To be born into a healthy body and mind. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Final point, sorry, I know I said that was the final point, but inshallah, one more final point is that when it comes to fitrah, there's one hadith which describes different things that are natural for us that we should apply that are all from the sunnah of the Prophet. The Prophet says what? Ashrun min al fitrati. There are 10 things that are from the fitrah. What are they? Qassu sharibi, trimming of the mustache. This is part of fitrah. Then, i'fa'ul lihya, letting the beard grow. This is part of your fitrah. As siwak, using the Tooth stick and basically toothbrush washing, you know, keeping a fresh mouth. And also clearing of the nose when you pull water into your nose and blow it out to make sure you clear out and you know, prevent from sickness and so forth during wudu and also when you wake up in the morning, etc. Cutting of the nails. And then what? That washing of the hands and of the fingers and between the joints. And also, netful ibt. And that is the plucking of the armpit hairs. And then uh, after that is which is shaving of the pubic hairs. Uh, and also uh, to wash oneself when going to the bathroom using water. And then uh, so that the, the narrators, they mentioned that as they were narr- narrating this, they said, one of the narrators says, I don't remember the 10th the, the one, but it could be a rinsing of the mouth that, you know, you're supposed to gargle and rinse your mouth out when you are making wudu uh, or when you're trying to clean out your mouth. This is part of, all this is part of fitrah to remain as clean and pure as possible. So may Allah Ta'ala make us of those who are upon the fitrah. May Allah Ta'ala make us of those who are calling upon al-fatir. May Allah Ta'ala make us of those who are guided to the truth. And may Allah Ta'ala make us of those who, when we think about Allah Ta'ala being the originator of the heavens and the earth, this is not just an intellectual exercise, but this is something that, therefore, we conclude we have to be not just knowing of who Allah is, but depending upon Him. He is our wali. He is our, the disposer of our affairs. He is the one who we depend upon and He takes care of us. May Allah Ta'ala always make us of those who turn back to Him constantly. Jazakallah khairan wa salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.